Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. I want you today to begin to recognize the value of your story. And that can be tough. It can be tough to recognize the value of our story when it seems like our life has been filled with a bunch of messy stuff. Well, let's start with the fact that life is messy. It just is. And if you've connected with me, it's likely you've been through some stuff, probably still going through it. That's why I'm speaking to you. Because there is tremendous value in your story, not in spite of what you've been through, but because of it. People who have had easy lives, I mean, good for them. Dang, I wish I had had an easy life. People who've had relative, I should say relatively easy. Nobody has a completely easy life. But some people do seem to escape life without too many major things. I mean, nobody's getting out of this thing. Well, nobody's getting out alive. But nobody's getting out of this thing without having loss and disappointment. A failure or two here and there, for sure. But for some reason, there are those people who seem to kind of be more blessed, as they say, and I don't want to get into that because I kind of, that one always bugged me when, you know what, hit the fan. Why in the world do they get to be blessed and I have to be cursed? That's when I was in my negative mindset. But anyway, the, but you, you sit and you think, man, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great to have all the money that so-and-so has? Wouldn't it be great to have that kind of smooth sailing life this other person has? Sure. It'd be great. And I'm not saying those aren't wonderful people, and I'm not saying they don't have anything to offer, because of course they do. All of our relationships can offer us incredible gifts. But truly, the people who seem to, you know, dig down deep and really figure out what they're made of are the ones that are forced to, you know? When life just smacks you upside the head with that proverbial two-by-four, When life's going well, think about it for for a second. When your life's been going well, when it seems a little more smooth sailing than normal, that's not the growth part of your life. Why would it be? It doesn't need to be. That's the coasting part of your life. The tough stuff, the adversity, that is when you're forced down to your knees. That's when you're forced to develop courage. I shouldn't say forced because sometimes we don't choose that. It's when you have the most opportunity to have deeper faith. It's the most opportunity to develop better relationships. The most opportunity to really dig down deep and figure out what your purpose is and who you really want to be. You know, maybe you were the kind of person who, on the last podcast, I was talking about words have power, but it is really about the one weapon of hope called your attitude. And maybe you were the kind of person who didn't have a horrible attitude before all hell broke loose. But but that situation, that long period of, of struggle, it changed you. And eventually you decided to have a better attitude than you even had before it all happened. That's valuable. And that's, I really want to encourage you because I, I know what holds people back. I mean, shame and guilt, those are big, big culprits that hold us back from believing in our stories. 
I want you to climb out of the muck and the mire of yours and stand on top of it. Whatever situation it is that you have been through or going through now, it's your reality. A heartbreak knocked you down. Maybe your child is off course or worse, like mine, in addiction. Somebody betrayed you. They left you feeling damaged. Maybe you live with a big hole in your heart like I do since my daughter's murder. Fear has gripped you, and fear is probably the biggest reason that we don't step up, step out, stand on top of our stories, and believe in the value of our story. Maybe you made a mistake or you became complacent, whatever it is that has you kind of stuck, not really standing up with your shoulders back and believing in the value of your story, recognizing it. Because something has gotten you down, but it doesn't have to define you. We stay down because we don't think our story has value, but remember what I said earlier. We dig down deep. We become more when the you-know-what hits the fan. But sometimes we, we start to believe that we've made too many mistakes or we're at too big of a disadvantage. When I first developed the nine weapons of hope, which were called the nine actions, and I decided to write my first book, I want you to know that I'm just not running around Pollyanna. My mom called me a Pollyanna one time. Well, more than once. And I thought, you know what? Thank you very much. I'll be a Pollyanna. <laughs> but, okay, so I was optimistic. I was kind of excited. But it didn't last long because fear, thoughts started creeping in. And I started to doubt the impact of my story. I mean, at the time, my daughter hadn't been murdered, but she'd been shot. That was something that people seemed to go, wow, you know, how are you okay after that? But I was just, you know, kind of better than okay at that point. I wasn't even close to where I am now. And, and, and life got worse, so thank God I did stand up when I did. But the point is, I started to think, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. I figured out these nine things and that have gotten me better and got me up. But I'm, I'm not exactly soaring here. So if I share some of my poor choices with people, how are they going to think that I'm very wise? I couldn't save my own daughter. Will they think, what value does she have? How will other moms of, of addicts resonate with, with her story? I mean, all these things. You know, like I had to be perfect or something. My life was far from where I planned for it to be when I stood up and I did all of this and I stepped out, you know, and was clawing my way through the dark, just trying to have some happiness and some peace. But I really did wonder what the value of my story was. And now I am a thousand percent convinced that adversity is incredibly valuable. I started to think about the people whose stories that I'd read or watched or listened to or heard about or the people I'd known that had some of the biggest impact on me, the ones that really got down inside of me. They weren't those people I talked about earlier that seemed to have it all. I love those people. I've had good times with those people, have good talks with those people. But I'm talking about the people who get down inside of me and really you know, keep me awake at night, get me up in the morning, the things that impact my life at a very deep level. They weren't the people who seem to have no problems 
or had all the answers. Those were not the people. They were the everyday people like you and me who stood up and reclaimed their lives. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Are you getting this? I mean, is that something that makes sense to you? You felt it. You felt it with those stories, haven't you? They touch our hearts and they give us a glimmer of hope that if these people fought their beasts, if they overcame adversity, just maybe we can too. Please don't underestimate the power of your story, all of it, the entire messy path that is called your life. You have hidden talents and abilities you never imagined. I never imagined I'd be a public speaker, let alone like it. In fact, love it. I can remember the first time I had to do any kind of public speaking. It was in, I think, ninth grade in oral communications, and I knew every single person in the classroom. I thought I was going to be sick. I hated every second of it. But somewhere deep down inside me was that ability. How are you going to ever discover the abilities that you have? unless you dig down deep and start recognizing the value of your story. And here's what's interesting. You can find stories of people that have that same situation I have where they're going, wow, I never imagined I would be good at this. How did I, how would I ever know I would be good at this? Well, probably if the crap hadn't hit the fan with my daughter, Jamie, I wouldn't probably would not have wound up being a public speaker. I wouldn't have been sitting here doing a podcast. I mean, I'm literally right here by myself. I'm talking to myself, but somehow I, when I do this, I feel like I'm talking to you. Like you're right here with me. I don't even know how I'm able to do that. Or I'm, I'm doing a video and it, and I, I feel like I can almost see the person on the other side. I wouldn't have known that and been able to make the kind of impact that I am had my story not become a big fat mess. So please stop thinking of your story, the messiness of it as, as just a failure, you know, a disappointment. That's not what it is. There's so much value in your story and the adversity is, is a huge reason why. I'm not going to get into too much of this. I do entire podcasts and I do, I mean, I have whole modules in, in weapons of hope in, in some of the weapons of hope on shame and guilt, but I have to touch on this because that's, what's going on with you. You're carrying around some kind of shame, you know? Oh my gosh. What if people found out that this part of my story, well, so what? Trust me, their stories are not what you think they are anyway. People hide stuff. People put on a good front. People tell stories and, and, and kind of modify the past and modify situations so they don't have to appear like they've had the troubles that they've had. And so what? Even if they haven't had the troubles, your story is your story and you need to stop being ashamed of it. All of it. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not proud that I spent my high school years and even afterwards, you know, partying it up and, and doing some drugs and drinking and, and, you know, thank God I didn't become addicted. My goodness. I'm not, a, I'm not proud of that. I mean, I like to say, yeah, I had a great time. You know, I kept it together. I had a job, went to school, got good grades and all that. But you know, I, it would, would have been a lot more productive if I were doing different things with my time. Right. Okay. I'm not super proud of that. 
And there are a whole lot of other things I could tell you about that I'm not super proud of either, but oh well. And I'm not saying that every single part of your story you have to go out and tell everybody. You don't have to start, you know, blah, throwing up your story on everybody, every little detail of it. If you want to keep certain parts of your story private, you go right on ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. But it, I'm talking more about how you feel about it. Stop living in shame. I did that for years. And I lived in guilt. I was so guilty. I lugged around Jamie's addiction like I had done it. Until I finally realized I never you know, pushed, pushed her down, held her down, and put drugs in her. It just about killed me. It busted my heart into a million pieces. But torturing myself with the guilt of something I wasn't even guilty for was ridiculous. Or even, you know, the, the, the partying years that I thought, well, gosh, maybe that's why she became an addict. Because I did that. You know what? We, we don't know all the answers to all of the pieces of the puzzle. And we can literally, like I said, torture ourselves. Pointing the fingers at ourselves or even at other people. We got to lift the guilt and the shame off of ourselves. You know, if you're carrying around guilt for somebody else, you're going to have to figure out where that separation is and just let it go. Because that's kind of silly if you really start thinking about it. Carrying around somebody else's guilt? Like, geez, we don't have enough of our own to kind of battle. So shame and guilt are two big things. And, and that's why I have an entire weapon of hope. It's called Your Story. And it's really about, and, and what I'm talking to you about, by the way, is in that. This, this subject is in that weapon of hope, Your Story. Uh, because I, I just, I can't tell you how much I want you to believe in the value of your story, warts and all. Your self-esteem comes under attack from many, many directions. I mean, even starting in childhood, kids can be hurtful to each other, teasing or even worse. I remember being, I'm a pretty strong person and I didn't put up with a whole lot, but because I was white-skinned, freckle, freckles all over me, and orange hair. I don't know why they call it red because there's no, it's not really red, it's orange. My hair was very orange when I was growing up. And I think in second grade, there was one other red-haired boy. But other than that, that I was it. I mean, aside from one of my brothers who was a redhead, but in my grades, I think maybe until I got to probably junior high school, I didn't have any other redheads. And people teased me about it. Like I could do anything about it. I mean, I used to tell my mom I wanted to dye my hair brown and be like everybody else, but she wasn't having any of that. I mean, I love my red hair now, but I must love it. I'm paying to put it back in my head now. But, you know, kids can, and, and these things, they, they sting and they hurt. I mean, often even well-meaning teachers or coaches can say things. Parents can knowingly, I mean, some parents do knowingly or unknowingly damage our self-esteem. Bosses and coworkers can beat down our value. You have to start believing in your value. You are valuable for so many reasons. First of all, because God says you are. And if you don't believe in God, then just take my word for it. <laughs> Not only are you valuable to the creator, but to other people that, that you have been blessed to walk this earth with and who are blessed that you are walking with them. They're grateful you're here. So think about how you value other people. Just stop for a second. Think about the people, the names of the people. Who are those people that you value deeply? Think about it. They value you too. 
No more shrinking into obscurity. No, no, no. No more false modesty. You know, oh no, you know, I'm not really that great. Oh, really? You liked my meal? Yeah, but you know, last time I made it better. Stop that. People give you compliments, you say thank you. I actually have a whole lesson and exercise in, I think it's in the Weapon of Hope, Your Attitude, on doing just that. Don't quote me on that. You know what? I need to have a producer, right? A producer that's sitting here with me and, and saying, looking it up real quick and giving me all the answers so I look really put together. But you know what? I don't always want to look so put together with you because I want to stay right there with you. I want I want to be just like you, misspeaking and and being a regular person because I want you to believe that you can step up and step out and you can start believing in the value of your story. No more self-flogging. Got to believe in the value of you. Helen Keller said, never bend your head, always hold it high. Look the world straight in the eye. I've said this before and I'll say it again. You don't have to rent a billboard or write a book. You don't have to share every detail of your life. But go ahead and share your shame. Man, this thing had me down. I was so, so ashamed of this. Just let it out because that is a tremendous step in washing it off. Okay, I'm going to give you a little tip. And this is in the Nine Weapons of Hope, but I'm going to give it to you because I just really feel like you need it. I want you to think of somebody that really thinks highly of you. Okay? Who is this person? Just name somebody that really values you. Everybody has at least one person. Okay? I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions about this person. Are they truthful? Are they a truthful person? This person who thinks highly of you. Next, do you trust and respect them? Okay, so I mean, they're truthful. I'm, I'm assuming you're nodding your head and you're saying yes right now, right? So the person that values you is truthful and you trust and respect them, okay? If that's the case, why won't you take them at their word? They're not lying about your value. God's not lying about your value. Listen, if when I asked you to name a person, if you had trouble thinking of someone, I know there is someone in your life, but you know, maybe you're just feeling pretty down right now and you're having trouble thinking of someone who sees your worth, go ahead and use my name. I don't even have to know you personally to believe with all of my heart in your story's value. I want to leave you with this. I encourage you to resist the temptation to wallow in self-pity, shame, guilt, fear, Fight the urge to give up or give in. Reject the notion that you've become your story, right? Like me, mom of an addict. Well, that's it. That's the story. That's who you are. No, you're a lot more than whatever your story is. Whatever that piece of your story, I should say, that you've labeled yourself with. Refuse to stay down on the mat. Shake off the stigma that society throws at you. Why do they get to decide? Dig down and find the courage to become the person. I want you to get this part. Okay? Listen, listen. Don't be signing off because you know it's toward the end. Dig down and find the courage to become the person that you would not have become had you not been a part of your life's story. 
wherever you are in this world, you are not alone. I'm a fellow warrior and I'm standing right there with you. And I will keep reminding you as long as you're going to keep listening to me that your story matters. So live it courageously. 